What is up, Podheads? Tony here, back with you again at the Podio Slate Podcast. I am joined, as always, by Nate, but we don't know where Twan is right now. He's off in the ether somewhere, listening to this, hoping, hoping that it comes out good because he's not here tonight. And that's only, it's, there's no trouble in paradise, right? We're good, right, Nate? We're good, yeah. I mean, and it's weird. It's usually like, where's Nate? No, it's where's, where's Twan? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, oh, you hear the third voice, though. We did, we did enlist Rob, and we've had Rob on a bunch of times. Episode yep. 17, 96, I think. And then again in the 120s, maybe. But Rob, you're back. What, what number is this for me? I'm just curious. Is this like my four? fourth or fifth? I think this is four. Yeah. All right. So nice. what, tied, tied with Greg? Or is he surpassed? He, he might have. Uh, it's he's either four or five, depending on. No, this is my fifth because we did two perfect songs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two mm. nights of that. We did Woodstock and we did my, uh, my history of CYY. Oh, yeah. Radio. Uh, yeah. Yep. So this is my, this is number five. Screw you, Greg. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. <laughs> I don't even know who Greg is, but I'm just giving you shit, man. Oh, you know who Greg is. Greg from Zebrahead. You remember Zebrahead? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Of course. Yeah, Greg's the homie, and we'll have Greg back. So don't worry about that. But Rob, taking the lead, leader in the clubhouse, most, most guest appearances, which makes sense. I mean, the three of us and Tuan, too, the four of us have been friends for a long time, gone to shows together for, for years and years and years. So it's, it was a natural fit to say, hey, can you, uh, you pinch it for us tonight? Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah, dude, it's like you're like the substitute teacher. We get to like fuck around now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you think. Let's go. Yeah, no, Rob, What's the yeah, topic? <laughs> Rob's going to like wrap our knuckles with uh, rulers and we're, we're screwed, right. Nate. We're, this is trouble. I think the last time I did this, it was in person, right? At yeah, we did. Uh, no, no, because we did the Woodstock one. You, got, you and Nate both went to Woodstock, not together, which is crazy. That's but right. Both were That's at Woodstock, we were both there. 99. So, Nate, I got I to gotta ask you, just because I was with you in person two yeah. times ago, did you do the same thing as you did that time where you have 12 to 15 songs and you're just going to pick them as you go? <laughs> kind of, but no. <laughs> I, have a, I have a selection, but... <laughs> before we start to, to that point, before we start, when you told me what the topic was last night, I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. Because yeah. the, per- the perfect song is like, there's no category. So you can just like, you can just like, oh, pick like three great songs per episode. I can do that. but. This is my first time doing a category, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. It was not fucking easy at all. Not at all. It's never easy. No, never. it's not. But I get, uh, I get a few here, so let's do it. Yeah, the topic. The topic tonight, some of our favorite collaborations in music, right? So we came up with, it could be anything. It could be you know, a producer with somebody. It could be, uh, there's no rules. There's never any rules, but probably a song, and it's a collaboration between two artists in the industry or bands in the industry that you know the song turned out to be gold we love it it's amazing we're gonna give those to you tonight three four who knows we'll see how we do sounds good i like it who's up oh we gotta let you go first all right i'll go first yeah buddy all right no particular order this one is uh it's a duet um actually well actually no i've only got like two duets and then there's like kind of like some super group action going on spoiler alert but the first one is uh, is a couple of my favorite musicians, um, and they just happened to team up for this song. And, and how it all came about was it was supposed to not even be a duet, which I, I love these stories, how, you know, songs that turn out to be what they weren't supposed to be. Um, this was written by the singer and the music was written by the guitarist. And uh, they realized, all right, well, this song is kind of written in a, in a female's point of view. So we should uh, maybe, you know 
see what Stevie Nicks is up to. I don't know if you Ooh. guys are picking up what I'm putting down here. Getting there, getting there. Yeah, so this song, and, and, and to, to just get off that just for a second, this song, I always talk about nostalgia when I'm on the show and talking about these, these songs that, you know, I pick these songs because they, they bring you back and they, to a, to a certain time and, you know, memories and all that good stuff. And this is, this song's like one of my earliest memories of music. This song came out, I remember hearing this song um, before I, I think I even realized that I love music. And this is back in, in if the people are old enough listening, this is back when like your parents, maybe not all parents did this, but this is back when your parents would take you to the bars with them when nice. you were, when you were a kid, you know, and it was just <laughs> a normal thing to do. You would hang out with the other kids. And I remember hearing stop dragging my heart around by Stevie Dicks and Tom Petty, Hell one of yeah. my earl earliest memories of music. So I put that on there as uh, are we doing like the perfect song? We could call it the perfect collaboration. Sure, mm. yeah, perfect collabos, yeah. baby. Perfect collabo, right there. Kind of a, a dark sounding song that grabs you. I love it. So this is my my pick number one. That's a hell of a pick, and I mean this this is a Tom Petty house all day. So you're you're not gonna you're not gonna get us uh, disagreeing with you there. And and obviously, I mean Stevie is one of a kind. There aren't too many uh, front people or vocalists like her kicking around nowadays, or or ever really. So. Oh, so good. When, when, when she gets on the mic, there's no other person in the world that you're like, hmm, I wonder mm -hmm. if this is this person, you know? It's like, you know it's Stevie Nicks. Yeah, she's electrifying. That, oh, goddamn, that song, man, it's like a real, real, like as Twan would say, it's a vibe. It and is. Like, yeah, and the recording is one thing. The live rendition, you saw you saw Tom Petty in her opening, right? Yeah, so I, I actually, I did. Good memory. I, I actually saw them perform together and, and you know, full disclosure, whatever, we we're young idiots back in the day or whatever. I, I, and I hate saying this, but it's true. I don't remember much of that show because I was with some friends and we got really drunk. And that's one of my, one of my shows where I'm like, dude, what, what did you, why don't you, why did you have to do that? You know? Cause like, I don't have the memories there of that because they, they obviously did their own sets, but they did that song together. And uh, amazing. Was, yeah, absolutely. Just to be there for that. Even if I have no recollection, I know I was <laughs> you there. were there, though. You can say you were there. And I mean, right. making, making a uh, vibe with you on that because he did that the time we saw Petty in what, oh, five, Nate? Yeah, Petty has that way, that way of doing things. I don't know what it Absolutely. is. <laughs> Absolutely. He totally does. Oh, we're going to see Tom Petty. Let's get fucked up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you and I saw Tom Petty, uh, Tony. We, we did. In Maine. It was with like Steve Labor Winwood. Day. It was with Steve Winwood. And you know what? I'm going to put you to shame here for a second for the first time i'm going to say that was labor day weekend i'm just guessing here 2014 uh i can confirm that in just a second because my stubs are here somewhere but stubs. Yeah, it's, right. it's it's right around that time i think it was okay. the, the 30th or 31st of august yeah uh, and it was yeah it was, it was sunday night maybe yeah yep yep fucking awesome show too that show i remember it was awesome well, oh, we were man. like eight rows from the stage too which just and quick, uh, before we move on, quick shout out to Gleason, because uh, <laughs> out of all people I know, hey, right? Gleason. What's up, Gleason? He, uh, he gave me, he bought me a ticket to see Tom Petty for my birthday randomly. And this is, this is in 17 when he passed, I think. I think he passed away in 17. Give me a, a, a ticket randomly for my birthday. And I was down in, uh, in the Cape uh, for a few days on vacation. And he's like, I got you a ticket to, to Petty. Meet me at the garden. And he died like two or three months later. So I never would have seen him uh, for that last time wow. if it wasn't if it wasn't for Gleason. It was just a random thing. So thanks, bro. 
August 31st, 2014. We were both right. Yeah! Ooh, wow. Woo! You guys are both a lifeline. All right, song number two. Who's next? Who's next? Oh, it's me. Tone's pointing to me, so I'm just going to go. I'll take the draft on this one. I studied this one then, and it had been a minute, and then, you know, kind of prepping for this this episode, you know, deep dove once again, which is cool. That's like the homework that we get into with these episodes. We take it very seriously. So this collab is very unique. I don't know if you guys know this one, but the band Broken Bells. Heard of them. Yep. Heard of them. Kind of, yeah, they, they never really hit it big, but it's uh, James Mercer from The Shins, amazing voice, and Brian Burton, also known as Danger Mouse, uh, typically a producer. They work together on a song called Holding On For Life, and it's fucking sick. Wait, hold up. That was it? That was a duet? Oh, that was just a, we're just doing collaborations, because I remember that mm-hmm. song. We played that on CYY. You did. And I, yep. I remember, I remember the vocalist reminded me of like Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees, like holding on for life. Yes. That's actually one of my points. That's a well, great the record. The record's called after the disco and yeah, the holding on for life. Yeah. That's a good one. Very Bee Gees. Yeah, I know. Holding on for life. <laughs> wow. That, yeah. We played that uh, like my ye- the year or two before my, my last, uh, my last year or two there, we played that yeah. one. And uh, I actually have probably haven't heard it since then, but now I'm going to bust it back out. Cause that's a good song. That's a great song. Have you heard it, Tom? I have never heard it, but I the, the best part about doing this, as we always say 160-something episodes in, is nerd homework and getting to hear yeah. Nate tell me about a song that I didn't know about, or Rob tell me, you know, this is the best part. And everybody listening right now gets to discover new music, too, hopefully. That's, exactly, That's another yes. great thing about it, though. As Fred Durst said, all around the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that's a good a, impersonator of, of Durst. But yeah, dude, this song's gold. Immediately, it was like my... My brain went right to this song and this band when we uh, came up with this topic. It just, you know, that's what these topics do. It kind of throws you in like a time warp. Like, oh, I know, I know a song. Fucking Broken Bells. Yeah. Holding on for life. It's fun to do these because it's, and they're all activities, exercises, whatever. But I don't think we've done one like this yet. And again, we're 160 something episodes in. So it's, the, the wheels get spinning. And I did this earlier today. I was like, bang, 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 bang. I got, these are awesome. All right. So I'm going to, Pull a twan. I could give you <laughs> kind of going out of Nate's. What was the name of that record, Nate? After the disco. After the disco. Yep. Hey, Nate, real quick. What do yeah. you think the chances of my Maria is going to show up again <laughs> in, this, in this episode with Brooks and Dunn? Uh, a it's cover, happening. by the way. I didn't know. It, it, it's happening, isn't it? It's it coming just back. Did. I think it it's just coming did. back in. It did. It the made perfect it. collaboration is uh, Brooks and Dunn. Yeah, they, 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 they collaborated with themselves. <laughs> Screw you, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to pull a twan, and I'm going to say I could give you uh, a couple of different appetizers here. We've got the Disco Revival song from about 10 years ago. We've got the mashup. I know which one you're talking about. You do. I'm sure you do. I already do. We've got the grunge singer with the country band, or we've got the 90s OG hip hop. What do you want? I want you to just do the first one because I, I know exactly what it is, and it is the perfect collaboration. <laughs> the wow. Disco Revival? Yes. 100%. What is it, Rob? It, is it, it, Rob? It's, it's Daft Punk and Pharrell. Hell, yeah, and Nile Rodgers. Don't Ooh. forget Nile Rodgers. And Nile Rodgers. Oh, Jesus, yeah. obviously. Obviously. It is Get Lucky. That is something that I wish I thought of because that song is gold. It's absolutely amazing. 
it's so fucking good. I listened to it again tonight in headphones, just bopping around, making dinner, getting oh. ready for this. And it's such a fucking jam. It is such a vibe. It's such a jam. Pharrell's voice is perfect. The guitar is so cool. Uh, it's just, and it's, it's very, you know, it's disco. It's, it's a disco so, revival. It's so Nile Rodgers. It's so chic. The paint, 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 so paint. Oh, the guitar in there. It's so perfect. Good choice, man. 10 years old. That song is 10. Yeah, I know. I wow. know. <laughs> another, one of, another one of those bands that uh, finally gets their big break and becomes huge and like, eh, we're not going to be a band anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's cool. Done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, did you, did you see the video they did when they announced their, like, you know, breakup or were, I were actually done? never saw it. No. And they just like blew themselves up in the desert for like three minutes. <laughs> Check it out. It's on YouTube. It's ridiculous. And did they ever give an explanation for that? Uh, I saw something, a headline the other day. One of them said, I didn't want to be like old and a robot. <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean, mm. you, you could have just been you and still been Daft Punk like, and still make music. I don't that, know, that album was great too. There's a real freedom to make that choice. I mean, I guess living off royalties, they must have played their cards right to just, I mean, what are they doing now? Are they flipping burgers? No. Who knows, man? But they're probably doing some producing or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Probably could live off of royalties and, and what they made from that record, but. I don't know. It's just weird. I hate to compare them to LMFAO, but that's like another band that popped in my head. Is like, oh, <laughs> yeah. we got huge. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. They are no. bigger than that though, because they had a following before, and and you know, the, you know, they one more time was huge, and they they hit a mm-hmm. big a handful of times. But yeah, yeah, I hear you. It's it was weird to see them go, but I mean, the song itself. I mean, the whole the whole record is a bunch of different collaborations with people. So. If you haven't listened to Random Access Memories from 10 years ago, go listen to it. But if you've listened to us at all, you know I'm a Daft Punk fan, and that song is a crown jewel in the catalog. Absolutely. This could be another episode. I'm thinking, like, Stephen Perry left Journey, could have kept going. He's like, nah, fuck it. Yeah. You know, you got yep. uh, but then we got oh, Then we got Oh Sherry, which is the <laughs> best song ever. <laughs> True. And then you got New Radicals, which we've talked about on here. What You told, uh, you told me this, Rob. The guy's like, I want a gold record, and then I'll retire. And he got a, yep. gold, he got a platinum record, I think. And they, and they never toured. <laughs> yeah. Wild. <laughs> they never toured. Nope, that was it. Be careful what you wish for. Great album. That's another great album right there. I like know. If, if, you, I know. if you've just heard You Get What You Give and you love it, go listen to Maybe You Should Be Brainwashed Too, because it's a great, it's a fucking great front album. To back. Front yep. to back, for sure. Yep. All right, Rob, what do you got? Oh, I'm up again. All right. So I'm going to go uh, song by Brooks and Dunn. No, I'm just kidding. No, this Fuck is actually. You, <laughs> I had to. I think I was. I think I was a freshman in high school, and uh, and I know you guys are gonna love this pick. And we were all freaking out about the grunge explosion because it it kind of hit hard out of nowhere, and of course, it all started with "Smells Like Teen Spirit." I remember watching MTV and being like, "What the hell is this? This is insane." And obviously, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. You know, they all started booming kind of around the same time. I think Pearl Jam was like the next band after Nirvana, uh, at least for me that I discovered. And then very shortly after, I think, I think like music from 10 was still being released. Not hundred percent sure, but I think it was all of a sudden there's this, uh, this collaboration that, that kind of came out of nowhere. And still to this day, I have no idea what the song's about. And I've kind of been curious about it, but I just never think to like research it. Anybody have any guesses so far? I'm going to leave it to Nate, but I have one. Um, is it Hovercraft? No. No. I would have guessed either Temple of the Dog or Mad Season. You got it. You got it. it it's Hunger Strike. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. 
Temple of the Dog Hunger Strike. I mean, the voices of of uh, of of Eddie and and Chris uh, together. It's it's just it's magical. And and I saw the video not too long ago for the first time in years, and I was like, holy shit, they're fucking kids. Right? Oh my god, yeah. So yeah, yeah, like it's you watch the video and you're like, holy shit, they were like in their early twenties. It's unreal. Yeah, and it's just and it's just a great song. It holds up today, and uh, and and it's one of those songs that you know it comes on the radio, and I'm I'm cranking it, and uh, yeah, Hunger Strike, Temple of the Dog. So there was a whole record, right? Whole record. Yep. Um. So it was, uh, and I probably should have, I should probably remember this, but it's it was Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden, and uh, somebody from Mother Love Bone, I mm-hmm. believe, was in the band as well, and um. I feel like there's somebody else from another another Seattle band in there that I can't think of right now. It was actually a, the full rhythm current rhythm section of of Pearl Jam today. It was Matt Cameron, Stone Matt, Gossard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were they they played the music on it exactly. Yep, yep. Stone Gossard, Jeff yep. Payment, uh, Mike McCready, and Chris Cornell. Yep, and Eddie Vedder. So it's almost like an Eddie Vedder, Chris Cornell fronted Pearl Jam. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Awesome song. I mean, still yeah. still get chills listening to them go back and forth. Towards the end of the record, oh, she's fucking perfect. So good. And it's not, this isn't the perfect song uh, episode, but it, this fits in both, right? Fits in both. Absolutely. God, you mentioned the video and I just had like these vivid kind of images of that video because it's such a. They're like in the t- fields. They're like yeah, in some with tall grass and yeah. And like, yeah, not good quality right. video at all. Very basic video. Yeah. When you said the grass, it's like, it literally looks like a scene out of Field of Dreams. It's like, whoa, what is this? Like 1989 video right. shot. Like, <laughs> right. All right. We, we got we to get this filmed real quick, guys. We got to get this out. We got to get this out. <laughs> right. So let's, just, right. let's, uh, you guys are kind of hot right now. Let's make sure, let's capitalize <laughs> on this shit. <laughs> but, um, but one thing I want to underscore was, like you said, they were babies, but that, that, that voice on Veteran, that voice on Cornell doesn't seem like they're those no. voices would come out of someone so young i feel like that's a voice that takes you know a 35 year old to perfect and they had it down in their early 20s insane great great point 100 percent. yep all right nate you're up man all right so when we brought up this topic it was strange and inter- interesting or interesting collabos or collabs so i had a few that were not necessarily songs and that's the freedom that we have we have no rules we don't have spotify or sirius xm telling us there's we got to stick to this certain <laughs> right. agenda we can kind of do whatever we want so i had a bunch that i that i wrote down that um i thought were just strange and or interesting and i remember when i first got into this band which i just saw recently i worked the show flaming lips uh in 2002 they did a collab at least on the live format with beck and i never got to see it but i thought damn that is very interesting because Beck and Flaming Lips, they're both like extremely eccentric and creative and just do whatever the hell they want. And they actually toured together. And I think they were supporting Beck's material, but it was 2002. So it was also Yoshimi Battles of the Pink Robots for Flaming Lips. And I just thought, man, what, like, what an interesting you know, collide of universes between Beck, who's basically a solo artist, but makes this crazy atmospheric textures and country and just everything guys of genius but and then flaming lips in their own regard just like psychedelic rock so um just one i wanted to bring up because i thought man that's an interesting collaboration and something i i hope that we see more of because there's a lot of talent out there that should work together more often 
did they did they record together? No, they didn't record did, together. They just toured together. They toured together, and that's why it's interesting. That's another reason say, why. Can it's you imagine? Can you imagine if they toured? I mean, if you they, if they recorded together, like, be exactly. that, would, that would be and incredible. I, I don't know why it didn't go that route, but maybe touring was enough for them to realize that that wasn't viable. Maybe, but yeah, basically, the Flaming Lips were the backing band for Beck. So I thought that was very unique. Like he basically hired them as hired guns, almost like Neil Young hiring a Lucas Nelson, Neil Young's son, and their band as a rhythm section for Neil Young instead of Crazy Horse. Um, I don't know if anyone knows about that in this room, but that's the same idea. Like, oh, you guys, you know, you guys are pretty tight. I'll hire you as my band. And you guys are famous too, so we'll get two for one. Yeah. So you said something interesting, a couple things interesting in there about those two sets of musicians. I'm flattered. I said something interesting. <laughs> you did. You did. No, I, I, Beck is does all those different things, and it's amazing that he can do that. Yeah. And I, I know we've brought this up on the podcast before. I don't know if we did with Rob on us, but on with us, but he went to the show with us. Remember we saw Beck at the state, and he opened for himself. Ah, oh, yep. <laughs> yeah. That was that was sick. Because he could, right? He just he could, right. and that's amazing. And then obviously the three of us met Wayne and and company at uh, the Flaming Lips show way back in 2011 in Boston. So I was just going to say like that, that that I was just going to bring up bring that point up and we'll have to add a picture Gleason to... was with us too. Yeah, Gleason. Hey, Gleason, <laughs> we'll have we'll have to put that picture on the uh yeah, absolutely. The podcast oh, yeah. because yeah. It, it it's a great one. Uh in in um and Wayne could not have been a cooler guy. <laughs> Dude, he <laughs> was as cool of a person as you could ever meet. Cool of a rock star as you you could ever meet. Yeah. And like was breaking news to us about them playing in Portland five five months later, four months later. We're <laughs> yep. like, that hasn't even yep. been out yet. Can't wait to see you then. Just just a badass dude. So super nice guy and asking asking us questions about ourselves. And oh I'm like, God. Oh, right. And, and you know me, I worked in radio for years and interviewed, you know, hundreds of musicians. And that didn't very rarely happen, you know, when I was doing interviews, you know. So that was just crazy. He was such a cool guy. Yeah. Awesome guy. Hey, keep remember that that uh, if those those of you listening right now, Rob interviewed a bunch of people. That might come up down the line. You never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know. Mm-hmm. We might do an episode around that. I'm down. You know, I saved them all. Ooh. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> most most of them anyway. I'm gonna test my editing chops here like, a little bit, but <laughs> hey, we'll we'll see what happens, right? I mean, it's, we make the rules. We just made a post recently about all the stuff we collect. It's like, mu- Speaking of collabs, music, and like beer companies like collaborations where they do like a flaming lips beer clutch beer pearl jam beer whatever posters cds vinyl all this shit we even have like your interviews stored adat like everything i i can't wait it's crazy nate by the way going to see hundreds of concerts with this guy i'm a nerd with with collectibles but this is this dude right here is is waiting for everybody to leave we can't leave the venue until everybody clears out so he can find things on the floor it fell out of people's pockets. I have been with him when he's done that. Yes. <laughs> I may or may not have done that last night at Whether it's Sunny, stickers Sunny the Real Estate. Or ticket stubs <laughs> or a guitar pick that might have been thrown out that didn't get you that happened once when I was with you. You found a guitar pick. I don't remember what band it was, but I'm like, yeah. this is Nate's gonna scour the floor before we move on with the evening. A hoarder's episode is also coming up. Seventeen dollars. <laughs> We've done a few of those, Nate. Nate's uh, pulling stuff out of the bins, man. Oh, true. Yep. It's yeah, we've we've done L- that a couple times. Luckily, I have a storage unit for all my shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called your uncle's camp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, I'm going to go next, and I'm going to give you the country artist collaborating with the grunge frontman because it fit. Uh, All going right, so after... who, did, who did Brooks and Dunn team up with? <laughs> All right, I'm done after this. It I'm wasn't back. Brooks and Dunn this time. <laughs> All right, last time we uh, promised. This, this one, this, uh, this is Zach Brown Band, who I'm also a gigantic fan of. On his record, Jekyll and Hyde, which came out in 2015, he enlisted one and, the one and only Chris Cornell on Heavy is the Head, which I don't know mm. if either of you guys have heard that song, but it's fucking awesome. Cornell in his bag, Zach in his bag. There's, a, there's an awesome video of them playing it together at SNL, where Zach is wearing a hat that's probably like an Abe Lincoln-style hat. It's probably like know, three feet up off of his head. You should check that out if you haven't. I might link it in the show notes. Just a wild video. A hat, really. And uh, yeah, great song. Great record. I'm a big Zach Brown fan. I've seen him a couple times. But this was cool. It was like, ah, oh, man, the other stuff that I grew up on is like infiltrating the stuff I'm listening to today. And it, it works. It's like peanut butter and chocolate, man. They go together. This mm. works. I wish mm. we got more of it. I didn't even know that happened. Great song. I just, I just, I just wrote it down. I'm going to have to listen to that. Ah, that's the best. When you write it down, you're like, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't a single. It might have been. I can't remember. But I'm surprised it didn't get played like cross promotionally. Like we didn't hear it on country radio and rock radio. It would right. have been perfect. Yeah. Zach Brown Band's great too. I like him a lot mm-hmm. too. First, I got to give you props. First of all, food analogy. Got to. Got to shout that out. It's been yes. a while. Yes. So maybe that'll be the new drink instead of in real time. In real time, drink food analogy. So drink twice. But drink secondly, right there. <laughs> yeah. But secondly, yeah, any, any Cornell collab, that's two now, right? We got Temple of the Dog, and then now that just, again, highlights the talent that that guy had. There was a weird phase where I feel like he kind of was side, kind of off to the side, especially with the album Scream, right? The solo album. I don't know what happened. It was almost like he was like this forgotten legend. And now that he's gone, he's like regarded as Kurt Cobain says, which very well much should be. But it's weird that he fell in this weird category, especially after Audio Slave, where he was just almost like in the ether. But it's like, dude, this is like Robert Plant style vocal ability and writing ability. And we've all seen him or Rob, you and you and I have with Audio Slave. Tone, you and I have with Soundgarden. Actually, I guess all three of us, Soundgarden. Amazing performer. So. Yeah, just just a little nerd nerd tangent there. And and to your point, and this happens, and it's kind of sad. I I don't know. He did kind of fall into the ether, like you said. But those songs, they never stopped getting played. And I, I always, for some reason, I bring up Aerosmith because they just come to my head when I when I bring this topic up. It's hard, and and it bugs the shit out of me. But it's hard for these these legendary bands to come back with new music and be relevant. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. everybody, mm-hmm. especially this day and age, everybody has short attention spans and they want what's new and hot on the radio. And don't even get me started about new music. And if you, you know, I'm going to say it like 80% of it to me, I don't get it. I think it's disposable. Maybe it's because I'm the grumpy old man yelling at you to get off my lawn. And it's just noise. Right. Exactly. You know, maybe that's what it is. But these bands, you know, with Chris Cornell, you know, went out and did a tour and he, and he did, I'm, I know he, he toured with his solo record or whatever. People are always going to go out and see him and you're always going to hear, you know, spoon man and black hole sun on the radio, no matter what, same thing with Aerosmith and, and even Tom Petty, when, when he was still here, you know, he wasn't releasing hit singles anymore, but they were still, you know, relevant to a point where they can go out and fill a room wherever they, wherever, wherever they go. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's a good point. 
All right, Rob, what do you got? All right, uh, Tom Petty uh, is back in the mix again. With, Ooh. Uh, yep, Tom Petty's back in the mix. And, and this one, I um, this was the I was trying to cut my list down today, and this is one of the ones that was like, I'm definitely not getting rid of. And uh, if we have time for a fourth, I have a filler coming up. I hate to call it a filler, but this one was definitely going to be in there. Um, this one came out in uh, kind of towards the end of 1988, and this is a this is a perfect supergroup collaboration of sorts. And it's it's got five of the greatest musicians, you know, arguably of all time, came together for a project. Any guesses yet? Wilburys. Nailed yep. it. Yeah, yep. traveling Wilburys. Yep. 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 So you got Tom Petty. George Harrison of the Beatles, Bob Dylan of Bob Dylan, and Jeff Lynn, <laughs> Jeff Lynn of ELO, and the one and only Roy Orbison all got together for, uh, for an album. And, uh, and my song is Handle With Care, which is um, the first song that they released. And uh, it, it's such a cool story because I don't know if you guys knew this. The, the song was, was a George Harrison, was supposed to be on a George Harrison. I think it was like a B-side or something uh, for one of his singles. And the record company was like, uh, no, this is too good to be like something that no one's going to hear. And I guess, he, I think he was, I don't know if I'm 100% right on this, but I think he was working with Jeff Lynn on it at the time or whatever. And they got together at some barbecue and Bob Dylan was there and they all just kind of started talking about, you know, adding, you know, get getting Bob Dylan's input on it or whatever. And then the traveling Wilburys were, were formed and they recorded an album. And um, that same year, like months after they recorded the album, Roy Orbison died of a heart attack, like out of Damn. nowhere. Yep. And, um, and he was in it's, it's uh, he's in the video uh, for handle with care. And, and I can't even picture hearing that song without, without Roy's part in it, because it's, it's one of the best parts of the song. And um, their second single, which is also an awesome song, End of the Line, they did a video for it, and they're all kind of on a train, and uh, they just got a picture of Roy with them. Yeah, yeah. And it's just crazy how that all that all went down in uh, in the same year. But uh, Handle With Care, Traveling Wilburys, uh, great collaboration. Great song. I just, uh, I just listened to it while I was on mute. Guys, if you, behind the scenes, occasionally somebody says something funny, and if I laugh late, it's because I got, I kept, I'm scrambling to get to my unmute button, so <laughs> I'm laughing, you just can't hear it yet. But, but yeah, shit, uh, they, it, what a wild supergroup, because there's so many legends. It's just like legend after legend. Oh yeah, and Bob yeah. Dylan's here, oh yeah, and Jeff Lynn's here, oh yeah, and Tom Petty, and Roy Orbison, and just amazing voices and different sounds, and you know, George Harrison, obviously one of the greatest musicians of all time in the Beatles and, and then on his own. Good call. Really good call. It didn't cross my mind and I don't know why it didn't because it's fucking perfect. Yeah, absolutely. A simple song, a simple song, but nothing to compare to the collaboration of those voices. Like it's mm -hmm. just yeah. perfect. Tell the reason you didn't and maybe I didn't is because we're over. <laughs> we overanalyze a little bit be like, oh, that's a super group episode, but not really. Like it, <laughs> it is a full on collaboration because this right. is like yep. a motley crew of different talent but also when you were mentioning all those names and the fact that they just kind of all jumped in on this the times that like you've talked to bands rob or me and tone have these guys are always all friends or gals like they're all friends mm. so like they're all hanging out anyway so I'm, it's almost weird that it doesn't happen more often it's like hey we're all living in la like let's jam you know 
and that's how this happened from what i remember it, it, they were just all hanging out and um and just you know i think uh it was it was jeff and george and then bob got involved i don't know if this is the order but like it was like artist by artist and like well let's get this person in and let's record an album and it was just so organic and i just think it's so cool yeah that the level of artists that those people were especially you know at this point in the in a lot of their career for them to just be like let's do this is wild yeah yeah absolutely all right nate what do you got all right so leaning more into the interesting collabs or collabos one that just gets me geeking out you know nonstop thinking what is interesting what have i seen personally that's interesting what do i think is interesting based on like a nerd level lineage wise and there's just there's just a lot i wrote down a ton but one that really resonated with me was um when scott wyland was unfortunately kicked out of stone temple pilots they brought in chester bennington of lincoln park fame r.i.p to both of them really and the interesting thing about about chester bennington is he like idolized stone temple pilots like he was that was his favorite band scott wyland was the reason he wrote music and then they recruited him to replace his idol and i thought that was the most interesting collab that not only did he accept it but he just put everything into it he put lincoln park this like stadium selling band on the side to just sing for his favorite band and play i know they played clubs because i was in la they were playing house of blues in west hollywood and i met him outside and i was like dude congrats like you're you're living your dream and he was like yeah man it's my favorite fucking band he was super nice and i just remember being like I remember seeing that band and I loved them and now I'm singing for them. And it was like this weird, like full get, you, you just gave me chills, full circle nerd moment of like, I'm singing for the band that I've, the reason I, you know, wrote music and got into music and now I'm fronting them. And it was like this almost awkward exchange where he's like, he felt bashful about the whole Scott, Scott Weiland situation, but he felt like he was proper to step up to the plate so it was like that weird dynamic of like i idolized scott wyland but i know they needed a hand so i jumped in and it was a really cool we talked for like 30 minutes on sunset boulevard this is like years ago i have a cool picture too but i just remember being like that was a cool moment for me because i was like talking to this superhero in the music industry but geeking out like we are on this podcast like oh dude you're a fucking nerd and i and i admire him for that and i miss him for that as well and we've had a lot of Talks on this podcast, uh, most notably with Jonah Mantranga from the band Far and One Line Drawing on on just the the beauty of that of that soul. So um, I wanted to bring that one up. That's a great one. And at the same time, go back and listen to that conversation with Jonah because that conversation was start started a little rocky, and then we talked about Chester, and we had a moment of silence for him. And from then on, it was a beautiful conversation. Like not to yeah. toot our own horn, but it was we all found our common ground in that moment and in the probably totally. the first ever moment of silence on a, on a podcast in, in history, but it, I think it worked. So go, go listen to that. If you haven't. Totally. I, I was holding back tears the whole time that, that interview. That's awesome. And, and that was, that's a ballsy move uh, too, because they, mm-hmm. they, they took a lot of backlash for that, both, you know, STP and Lincoln park. And yep. um, it was like, you know what? Screw you guys. We're going to do this anyway. And, uh, and it worked. Yeah, it did. I mean, talented musicians from STP and the DeLeos and company 
And then obviously Chester is um, was an amazing, amazing vocalist on a bunch of different fronts, not just the screaming. The singing was also amazing. It, it fit. And the, to, for him to be the fan that he was and to be able to, you know, kind of live his dream, as they said, it, it's so cool. And we're nerds like that. So it would be really it'd be like us going out and like, I guess, hosting, you know, Bill Simmons podcast and having millions of people listen to us all the time. That'd be kind of cool. Someday. All right. I've got one that kind of fits into that. It's honestly, it's probably the biggest mashup song in the history of the mashup style genre. And I know, Rob, you played it on, on the radio in 2004. Oh, all right. I was going <laughs> to say something else, but it's not 2004. Yeah. I was, I was like, are you going like in together now by Limp Bizkit and Method Man? Or like... <laughs> it fits. It, it, it obviously fits with, uh, with Chester. <laughs> Linkin Park is one half. Lincoln Park is one half, and it was 04. And they're kind of at the height of Lincoln Park. I mean, uh, Meteora had dropped. They're now doing a collaboration slash uh, mashup record with a oh, very prominent oh, rapper. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Numb with Jay-Z. Yeah, Numb Encore with Jay-Z. Yes, absolutely. Good call. There's not a lot of change in either song, but they mashed up together so well encore do you want more oh so yep. good yeah uh, it was and good encore stuff. from the black album from jay-z and then numb from meteora lincoln park yep. but they did a whole record collision course right it came out in 2004 yeah there's like i don't know seven oh, or eight songs right. on it yeah they did, a, they did an ep i forgot about yep. that yeah this was the biggest song yeah and still i think still gets played here and there so it's hard to hear either encore or numb and not think of the collaboration mashup for me anyway and it's it the songs fit together so well, it was pretty badass that those two worlds came together and made that happen. That's awesome. No, that's a great call. I kind of forgot about that one. Yeah, we did play that on CYY. That was a, that was a, a big song on the top five at five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot about this record too, but I remember listening to it. It's a front-to-back collaboration record. Obviously, two really well-known artists working together. But like you said, you brought up a good point. Like they happen to work together very synergistically, which is ironic, but proper in the same point. So, and timing wise, I mean, 04, if that came out any later, I don't think it would have worked. And any earlier, it might have been too early. So, timing is everything. And that one worked with that release. Well, mashups were really a big thing at that point, right? They were like kind of, they took over the, the conversation musically for like what, six months maybe? And this mm-hmm. was the forefront of that, and the, and probably the biggest thing that happened in that world. Rob, you ready? You guys know I love my uh, my eighties pop rock, and uh, this one this one had to make the mix. Ooh, Tom Petty. <laughs> so Tom Petty <laughs> is not, Tom making, Petty. <laughs> not not making a third appearance tonight, but uh, he's is it very Brooks and Dunn? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <him. laughs> I was gonna be done with the Brooks and Dunn jokes. Yeah, well, I brought it back. <laughs> That's what Brooke said. And Dunn said, nope. Right. Go back to episode whatever. Uh, you know what we're talking about. But anyways. It's, yeah, it's, it's the last perfect song when we did with you. So, so this song, it's a it's classic 80s song. I, I still love it to this day. And a lot of people think that the actual, uh, it, it was a full-on collaboration. They wrote the song together. But it's actually credited as the, I don't want to say the, the, the secondary singer, but he is kind of the secondary singer as far as, as far as names go, but it's actually his song with this person. And, um, this, uh, this musician, he is from a famous band, disco era band. 
and he was releasing a solo album and uh essentially the record company was like yeah we don't have a like a, a, a hit single on here so what do you want to do so they got one of my favorite artists of all time to team up with this person uh his name is phil collins and uh he teamed up with another phil any guesses know where i'm going with this not phil, phil specter no no not phil specter uh <laughs> phil specter phil from not uh, phil he... from taproot nate no. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine no he teamed up with with philip bailey of earth wind and fire Ooh, uh, nice. released, wow. a, released a solo album and was like and i've actually never heard his solo album i, I guess i don't need to, to run over and check it out because I mean, apparently, I mean, maybe, maybe it was good. Who knows? But there wasn't a radio song on there. <laughs> so, so they got Phil involved and they literally like got together and they, they wrote the song like in a night or two. And, uh, and, and it's an amazing song. You get the, the distinctive falsetto voice of, of Philip Bailey of Earth, Wind and Fire. Uh, who's got an amazing voice. And of course, the unmistakable uh, vocals of, of Phil Collins. The song is Easy Lover. Great song. Mm. Oh. Very simple song lyrically, but super catchy and, and big sound, especially the intro. It, it's, it's an intro that comes in so hot. It's one of those songs that, like, if, even if you've never heard it before, if it comes on, you're like, oh, what, what is this? This is like, ding. Like, it, it comes in hot, and then the rest of the song, you're, you're just sticking around for it because it, it's, a, it's a great tune, and, and you still hear it a lot today. Uh, yeah, Phil, Coll- uh, Phil Bailey, sorry, Phil Bailey. And Phil Collins, Easy Lover. Great collaboration. Phil Squared for yeah. the win. Yes. Great, great call. And it does come in hot. Uh, and it is a quintessential this time frame song too, right? It's got like the crunchy kind of really well-produced guitar. It's, yeah. Yeah. Good, good call. Good call. That's a good one. That's a good one. Absolutely horrible video. And, <laughs> and sure. I care. And I guarantee you, Phil Collins and Philip Bailey would both admit to that. They probably realized it probably maybe five or six years after they did it, that it was bad. It's funny. <laughs> it's goofy. but it's, it's pretty bad. But the song's amazing. I that's mean, that most era, of the, though. Most of the videos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. I mean, that's, that's like true. music videos, that horror movies from the 80s. But that's why it's so amazing. You right. know, it's like, fucking man. They actually thought that was perfect. <laughs> Someone who was in the editing room like, this is fucking gold, guys. Shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> what if you're playing air keyboard, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Separate ways video. Go check yes, it. Yes. <laughs> good call with the journey. I mean, do I have to bring up? the out of time music video we've laughed about talked about this uh, yeah for yeah that's another good one yeah yeah hollow notes <laughs> with the big clock and shit like fucking ridiculous which one is this i'm a huge hollow notes guy what what, what video is this out of touch um, oh out of touch, touch. I, yeah. I heard out of time oh my god that video is <laughs> i yeah. mean pretty cool special effects for the time <laughs> right <laughs> but, but it's so fits. but so cheesy and yeah. also that that would that would have made my list too. That's another great song. My favorite song. duo. My favorite duo right there. This this uh this subject that you guys did tonight is, is amazing because there's so many, like you guys said, there's so many like places you can go with it. Oh, dude, um, so many Central. places. I'll give yeah. you the one Tuan. Tuan had one prepared that uh, I'm not gonna go into it for he can talk about it when, when we do it again, but he had Mike Patton teaming up with the guys from Dillinger Escape Plan. So you can go any which way you want with this. Like it, it's there's a million ways to do this. Love it. Nate, what do you got? Yep, no rules. No rules. So speaking of no rules, I've kind of chosen 
four different paths. This next path is similar to the Flaming Lips Beck collaboration, but different and similar, almost a hybrid of the Lincoln Park Stone Temple Pilots choice as well. But this one really gets the geek gears spinning because you're like, oh, wow, who's on speed dial? If things go wrong, who's on speed dial? So Brian Johnson, everyone knows this from ACDC, is having, has had hearing issues for a long time. You play live. You can't, if you can't hear yourself in the monitors, you can't hit, hit the keys. And if you're on voice track, it is what it is, whatever. Regardless, he was sidelined, and ACDC were thinking, okay, sorry, bro, we're going to keep touring. We're a power machine. I saw in the Dodger Stadium here in, uh, in Southern California in L.A., with Brian Johnson, like they bring a crowd. No matter what, that band will always be giant. So clearly they had a tour booked. This is, I don't even know, man, fucking eight years ago now, nine, ten years ago. And when Brian Johnson was like, I can't do it, I want to, but I fucking can't do it. The doctor said I can't. Who did they call? They called Axl Rose from fucking Guns N' Roses, and he said <laughs> yes. I forgot all about this. I thought this was such an interesting collaboration because as a fan, you think, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But in reality, in the music industry, you don't think those things really align. Like, oh, you're going to pull someone from another huge band that is also still active and just toss them into ACDC because the notes that they're hitting are somewhat similar and they work. And like, who, are, who else are we going to call? We're not going to go on YouTube and find someone, get a fill-in. We're going to get someone that you know, is a staple to at least that era, and Axl Rose very much so is with ACDC and Guns N' Roses. So I wanted to pick this just because I was floored when it was announced, even though it makes sense. And I think we can all agree, but it just shows like everyone's on speed dial. Like it is actually an option, but this proved, this is like the ultimate proof of concept. Like, oh yes, not only is it an option, we're going to fucking execute on this and we're going to play shows and we're going to go on tour and we're not going to wait till Brian Johnson is ready. We're going to go right now crazy yeah great call man i forgot all about that and that now makes me want to pull up some youtube videos because i don't even remember if i ever saw you know oh, yeah. him yep. him doing it i didn't know this happened but it makes sense like mm -hmm. you telling the story i'm like you know what of all the people that might fill in who could hit those kind of notes and maybe even make it sound you know like what you would expect at an acdc show had it not been axel rose and Axel would be the one. <laughs> He's the one that would fit in for that. Well, and the venues. Right. Like I said, I yeah. saw him at Dodger Stadium. So it's like you get a replacement singer. It's like, oh, we're playing fucking baseball stadiums. We had a replacement singer. We got to go down to like arenas. Nope. Yeah. We got Axel Rose fucking stadiums. Let's yeah, fucking stadiums go. are fine. We can go big. <laughs> That's a great one, Nate. I, I love the weird, interesting, uh, different pathway you took tonight with these because there's some funky, different things to think about there. And you're right that the Rolodex for those guys is everybody, right? We'll just call whoever or ACDC. Somebody will do it. Yeah, absolutely. All I can think of is I just want to like pull up the set list. I want to know what they did. I want to see these videos because right. I remember it happened. I remember it happened and I forgot all about it. Well, timing's everything because that was before I think Slash and Duff came back into the mix. I'd have to get fact checked on this, but I think that gave the opportunity for this to work where Axel was basically Axel in a touring lineup for Guns N' Roses where he's like, hey guys, you guys are hired guns anyway. I'm going to take this gig with ACDC. If it yeah. was like Duff and Slash in the mix, he'd probably be like, well, no, tough, now, yeah. now I'm putting your salary on hold. So it was a very right. much so timing thing. 
at that point he and he and Buckethead were at odds, so it was time for him to go do, do something else. Yeah. I'm gonna go hang out with the ACDC guys. Bye, Buckethead. All right. I've got one for you to to close us out here if you guys are ready. Oh yeah. The nineties OG hip hop, probably the best probably the best lyricist and maybe the best rapper ever. I Cameron. Think we, <laughs> it's not Cameron. <laughs> uh but it's it's somebody that we've talked about a ton on the pod, Nate, you, you, me, and Tuan, one of the best rappers, if not the best rapper to do it, still doing it today, you know, in his 50s, but this is 96. He's got a member of the Fugees singing the hook on the song. Oh, I thought Nate would know. Nas, if I ruled the world. That's what oh, I thought it was. And right. I, I, for some reason, it took a step back. I'm like, With oh, Lauren Hill. Nice. If, yep, if Tuan was here, he would have gotten that. I'm just going to throw that out that. there. Uh, Tuan's been good lately with that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Tuan's I'm, next level. I'm sad that Tuan's not here tonight, but he probably would have told me that a musician that I love died that I didn't know about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, that might have happened. And yeah. honestly, we'll, we'll be together, probably the four of us, in the same room, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so. I can't wait. I can't wait. We'll be back to do this again. So yeah. if, you did, if you don't like Rob, sorry, but you should like Rob, and this is, <laughs> this is fun, and we're going to have fun doing it again. But yeah. Off It was written 1996, If I Ruled the World with Lauren Hill singing the harmonies and singing the, the hook and the, just the badass piano beat. You can't beat this song. It's so fucking good. This is one of the first songs that I remember seeing like a video for on MTV, you know, as an 11-year-old, 12-year-old, and being like in a trance. Like, this is so cool. This is what music is? Yeah. All right, this is what's happening outside of the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the small state that I live in where the, the, you know, the big city of New York and getting all these just amazing musicians together that put stuff like this out. Uh, and obviously the Fugees were big at the time too. So yeah, that was the Illimatic album. I think that was, it was written the one after it. It yeah. was written. It was written. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, like I wasn't super into the the hip hop at the time, but I played, I, I used to DJ like chem free clubs around town and all my friends were into it. I remember that song clear as day. Fugees was huge at the time. And yeah, 96. Mm-hmm. That intro. Fuck, dude. Yeah. The intro is like goosebumps. The whole message of the song is very, very profound message. Like, very much so Nas. Like, listen to the lyrics and you'll learn something kind of thing. Always. Um, always with him. Yep. Always with him. But this song in particular. God, what an era. What an era. I remember, mm-hmm. like, I was going to New York City a lot. We had a fa- big family connection in New York. So I remember, like, I want to say I, like, pretended to live it because obviously I wasn't living in New York City. But I understood the atmospheric vibe of these records and Nas like I l- remember listening to it on a disc man and being like I I get it even though I don't get it like just being in the city with a disc man in the car like hoping it doesn't skip I did pay for 15 seconds of skip protection <laughs> yeah, fucking right. what the hell skip protection yes <laughs> <laughs> tell me you're old without telling me you're old bro yeah yeah oh my god there, there was like certain second uh, skip protections. There was mm-hmm. three second and five second, like the high, the, the, you had to pay more. I worked at the music shop at the time. What were the, what was the brand? The yellow brand? Was it, was it Sony? Sony. Yeah. That was the, yeah. Uh, the, the and, and, yeah. And, and if you, yeah, if you, but if you get like three second, you DSP, know, delay, bro. five Disc, second delay. Protection. Yeah, yeah. DSP. You oh pay for the DSP. God. Yeah. It's <laughs> man. That's, oh, you're taking me back. I remember oh, having, geez. I had an off brand. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't uh it wasn't a disc man, unfortunately. So I didn't, I don't, my skip protection was probably short. No skip protection for you. No, soup Nazi. <laughs> All right. Nope. I think that's going to wrap us for tonight. Rob, thank you for pinch hitting, joining us, coming back. God. We'll see you again soon. 
Thank you for having me. I always love hanging out with you guys. It's always so much fun. And I always, every time we're talking about something, I'm like, we're, we're going to, we're, we can open up a, a can of worms for a whole new episode. Every time. You know? Yeah. Every time. So, uh, yeah. Looking forward to hanging out with you guys in the same room in a few weeks. Hell yeah. Whether I'm invited or not. You're invited. <laughs> You're invited. But remember, we've talked about this, I don't know, a bunch of episodes ago. Talking about music qualifies as music therapy. So by doing this, we're actually, as Tuan would say, we're avoiding copays by just geeking out, which is actually great. I so love that. You can't go wrong. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. And I mean, we'll do it again next week. We'll do it again the week after that. I don't really see us slowing down anytime soon. So if you've got, uh, if you like this or you've got a, a cool collaboration that we didn't uh, announce tonight or come up with tonight, hit us up. Uh, all that stuff's coming in just a second. But yeah, we'll be back next week. And and I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something out here because I feel like you guys don't don't do this enough because I listen to your your show and it it's great. If you like what you're hearing and you and you come back, like these guys' posts and share it and spread the love because if you're what if you're listening to it, chances are people that you know are into it too. And it's a great weekly podcast about music and comment on it and you know share your favorite collaborations and uh, and just do it like like become part of the family. I appreciate it. We're we're public access. We want to be MTV a la, you know, Tom Green, but we don't want to be on MTV. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we do want to make it. I'd be I'd be pumped to play clubs. Let's let's do that next. Uh, <laughs> Rob, thank you for that. Those kind words. And yeah, hey, check us out. Follow us at Potty Slaves Everywhere. It's coming up in a second. And we'll be back next week. Peace pod heads. Cheers. Your biggest fan. It's Nate, not Stan. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Patio Slave. We are at Patio Slave on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places that you can find us on social media. Facebook, Patio Slave Podcast. YouTube, Patio Slave Podcast there. Email us at Podcast at gmail.com. And hey, if you want to become a supporter, click on the link at the bottom of the episode and give us a dollar, give us five bucks. It keeps the lights on, keeps us going. We really appreciate that stuff. Thank you.